Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. This episode is part four of a four-part series entitled, What's Your Marriage DNA? Your hosts, Worley and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. Thanks again for tuning in to listen today. Here's Worley and Danina. Hi there. It's February and um, as we... End of February. Yeah. And we are doing our fourth podcast here for the month where we've really tried to focus every week on marriage and really um, looking at the marriage DNA and what's our marriage DNA. What are the specific things that have helped us to love each other well? And um, we know every marriage out there has their own DNA, but we're we're just talking back and forth here about some of ours. Yeah, and just if you go back and you'll hear this in the beginning of the first one, but that there's basic principles and then also commands God gives. It's true to everybody but then how that's lived out and applied, we believe is unique in every marriage because of the differences that we bring to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're calling our DNA. And the first couple were things that I just thought about that came to mind uh, for the DNA of our marriage that have helped me or us. And um, these last two podcasts are are things that you've brought up. And in the last one, you brought up um, just the whole idea of looking at the emotion of anger and forgiveness, and um, then serving. So today, I think you're going to start us off with um, priority. Yeah, three more. And so the first one is priority. And the principle here is that in the same way that things flow from, and as a Christian, you, you, you should have heard this or you will hear this, things flow from our relationship with God. He's our highest priority. And then from there, our marriage, then our our children, our parenting, from that, people outside of that circle into other relationships, and then into work and so on. But so priority is what we're talking about here. And I want to apply this to what happens between you and me, that not just this institution of marriage, but we we as two people that see each other's people and value each other's people. And um, in graduate school, had a, had a friend, a good friend, a fellow mm-hmm. student, Don Wilson, who was from New Zealand, still lives there. Uh, he and his wife, Trish, and you've been able to stay in touch mm-hmm. some through the years with them. But he had said something to me that has always stuck with me, and it was basically um, that the way he loves Trish is the most important thing. And he said something like, I cannot be a better counselor than I am a husband. Mm. And how well I love Trish will determine how well I love those or help those who I counsel. Mm -hmm. It's always struck with me and guided me throughout our marriage that I can't be a better counselor to somebody else than I am a husband to you. I can't be, and when I became a pastor, I can't be a better pastor or preacher than I am a husband to you. I can't be a better father to my children than I am a husband to my wife, that there's a priority that that it flows from. And the scriptural basis for the greatest commandment um, sets the order of our priority. Love God first and love others. There's priority. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, that's essential that we place priorities in these relationships. And basically, it's that how well I love God flows into how well I love you. In turn, that flows into how well we love our children. In turn, how well we're involved in relationships or work and so forth. And I'm going to talk about the greatest commandment. That's actually my next point. But I want to say one other thing about this before we get some of your thoughts, that when either you or I have something that comes between us, it affects everything else. And so— Because um, it's very distracting and— Or it could even be sin. You know, we're yes. in an argument, or I'm, yeah. let's say I'm not caring for you like I need to because I'm being selfish— I can't ignore that and then go on and carry on the rest of my life and compartmentalize my marriage over here and then be a great counselor over there. Or I'm a really good father, but I got a rough marriage or I don't care for my wife. It it starts with you and then it continues from you. Mm-hmm. And that's really what Don was saying. Don't think that I can be involved with all these people helping these people and not be attentive to mm-hmm. what's going on with us and what I'm doing with you and what you're doing with me. Um, I mean, when I was serving as a pastor, I constantly kept this in mind that if I give to Danina in 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 my marriage and and uh, being who I need to be here then the ministry itself can God can do with as he chooses. But if I'm not attentive to you, then it doesn't matter what's happening over there. That then I'm not going to be a very good pastor. And I can honestly say, I mean, in the 13 years you pastored, your wife and your children, none of us would say that you put your ministry before us. I mean, we wouldn't. I mean, there are seasons that, um, you know, maybe you're busier than others, but we didn't feel like you did not make us priority. And I think that's been a real gift to us and given a, you know, a steadiness to our marriage and family. Yeah. And, it, and it made us not have resentment toward the ministry, too. As, and that's, so that's making the point of just that it's priority. Mm-hmm. And I think priority is an important thing that we've been able to, to make and get get squared away in our marriage, which really, unless you have something else, segues into the next point. Um, you know, one thing I do want to say, sure. I think has to do with parenting, because I think sometimes there's a mindset that I can put my marriage up here on the shelf for these 20 years, I'm going to be raising my children. Or, you know, I mean, a very child-centered parenting mentality, and our kids require so much of us, sometimes it's easy to do that. And I think, you know, to speak to those that are living in that place, um, you know, that that's um, going to end up in, in, in— Yeah, don't in, do it. —your marriage put in a really um, bad place because you're, number one, you're not going to parent your kids at the level that you have the ability to when you are two people— mom and dad, husband, wife, functioning as one, you know, with your kids. Secondly, um, you know, a lot of marriages deteriorate over those 20, 25, 30 years of parenting that happened there and don't make it. 
at the end of that because they haven't been making the marriage a priority and then parenting out of that. So yeah, years ago, saw saw some folks and their marriage was in trouble, and you know, the in this case, the the spouse, the woman in the marriage had the conviction that the kids came first, and it would, you know, it was part of what was causing trouble in their marriage. And what I think you have to realize is the strength in being a parent flows from what you have with your spouse. And then I would, I'm glad you paused this here before I move to the next point, because it's the same way with work. You know, you might work in a construction job as a man and be able to do that job and even do it very, very well and not at all be attentive to your spouse at home. But as a believer, you need to realize that so you could be a better employee. You could be an, have an eternal impact into the lives of people around you and into your energy for the job if you would make and be attentive to what's happening in the relationship at home. Mm-hmm. And you, you make a comment about it's because we're one. Mm-hmm. And we're intended to be one. And then from that oneness, we then carry out into the rest of the world. So priority is important. And then the second point I want to make, I've got three, that's important for us is just the the term greatest commandment. And the greatest commandment from Matthew 22, when Jesus was asked, which one is the most important? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I would substitute that the word neighbor there, would substitute spouse, your closest neighbor. Mm -hmm. But it does flow from this priority of relationship with loving God most. And, you know, I early in our marriage, I struggled with this idea that it was okay to love God more than you. And I don't know if others struggle with this or did struggle with this, but what I came to realize that my heart has the capacity to love Jesus and you and to do so with great effort and affection and passion. And then what I came to experience is that the more effort I put into loving Jesus most, the more I loved you. And if I only put my effort into loving you, I didn't love either one of you very well. Mm -hmm. And so the ultimate priority is the great commandment is it really starts with your love for God Um, and that it's okay and necessary to spend time with him first. Um, Not that it means that I would neglect you. And I know there are listeners who, in our audience, that tend to their spouse's needs to neglect of their relationship with a father or 
you know, the Son, the Spirit. But um, there's other listeners who might not give any attention to God. Mm-hmm. And you need to recognize this, the great commandment, grow spiritually, um, and then from that is going to come what you have to give to your spouse. Any thoughts? Well, I, I like one thing that Tim Keller says that goes along these lines where he says, if I love my spouse more than God, then I look to him or her to provide the kind of steady, perfect, unconditional love only God can give. If I don't love God more than her, I don't love her for her sake. I'm using her to meet my needs. And so, you know, my love is mainly for her sake. And I'll I'll hear that often mm-hmm. in counseling. I feel used. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that, that's a miserable, painful place to be. And I think anytime our love kind of like St. Augustine said is a disordered love, uh, I think the people in our life are going to feel used Mm -hmm. because they're not going to feel loved. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel used. And I mean, to meet my needs and, um, so, you know, you, you can make a great husband to me, but you make a lousy Savior, a lousy, mm-hmm. you know, ultimate redeemer, <laughs> a lousy God. And so um, it's just, it, it's critical to keep that, yeah, keep love, that in order. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor uh, as you would see to it, to, you know, to, to your own self. And my so, only ability to die to myself. Yep. I mean, I think if I didn't know Christ, I, I, I don't know how I would really um, die to myself. I might try for a while because I would know it's the right thing to do or, you know, I'm trying to save my marriage. But you can't it, it's it. Christ in me yes. that lets me um, die to myself. I mean, so as I love him, there's an emptying of me in that relationship with him first that then opens my heart up to be able to give and receive love from you in a healthier way. So for the DNA of our marriage, what's helped us is that we understand and agree with and apply the priority in marriage. And then the greatest commandment is our love for God first that then impacts how well we love each other. And then the last one I have here is just a simple word, studying. Mm-hmm. studying. Mark Hardy is a pastor who married us right out of college, and he told me this, that I need to study you to understand you. And it's been a principle. It's been a big job. <laughs> that keeps serving me and us. It's very helpful. It's helpful to a lot of guys mm-hmm. that I talk to when I say, study your wife. Mm-hmm. Keep studying your wife. Um Basically, he's saying, Mark was saying, I need to learn you. You're different than me. You're a woman. Um, You're a one with a wing, two or nine on the Enneagram. Two or nine. (laughs) You're you're always thinking about how to improve things around you, including yourself. You're an ENFJ on the Myers-Briggs. You're people-driven. You're always thinking about people. You're an extrovert. You like to work ahead and be organized when we prepare for these podcasts. That's you, different than you. Yes. You get anxious <laughs> or angry over certain things. You have style. You have class. You like certain kinds of foods and not other kinds of foods. 
your brain can't compartmentalize as easy as mine. You're a firstborn, you're a leader, and on and on, but you're not like me. And these are all the things over years of just paying attention and learning and not knowing at all. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have, you're not going to know all this from day one. These are things that, that you learn and keep learning over time. And so studying has been an important part for me and for us, and it's ongoing. And I think by doing so, it allows me to appreciate you in the ways that you're different than me mm. and to enjoy you for that. And, well, and how can you really love me well if you don't know me? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it, it all be coming from, you know, just what you think and not really, you know, it might not be hitting me where I would feel even loved or chosen by you it take, if you don't really know me. And, and, and it takes the focus off of me and what I want, and it's just on you as a person, mm-hmm. not this institution about what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, at times you're challenging. Yes, right? I am. You are challenging. A lot of work. I have to. <laughs> you're a leader, so I have to. I have to work hard to stay ahead of you. Yes. But I had to study that and apply. How do I go about that, and what's that take? And sometimes which, failing in that, and which goes back just to tie that into our very first podcast this month on expectations. You know, I had an expectation that you would lead like I lead mm-hmm. because I'm, like you said, a firstborn kind of natural leader. And so, I mean, evaluating that and understanding Worley's not going to ever lead like I lead. He's going to lead in, you know, how he's wired and how he's made. So that's where the sum all, you know, ties together here. Now, there's a mandate, a biblical mandate that I think undergirds this for men. Peter, who was married, uh, said in 1 Peter 3, 7, the husband's husband's Live with your wives in an understanding way. Well, how can you understand somebody that you don't learn and get to know and to continue to learn? And then that dictates that you're able to live in an understanding way. And then in doing so, from that is showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel that since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Such an important command that your prayers aren't hindered. Mm-hmm. God intends for me to, to, to know you in such a way that I live with you in such a way that's understanding of who you are. And so, um, so the, the idea of studying is something that's been very helpful. Now, do you think women know their husbands automatically or should they also study their husbands? I think I came into marriage knowing everything I needed to know. <laughs> because I honestly think sometimes women think that. Well, I know him. I got him figured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would this not also apply to wives too? I think it does, yes, because I need to know you. I think it's interesting that God's Word doesn't tell us to do that. Right. He doesn't I, tell you to live in an understanding way. Right, because I think we're women are wired so relationally. Yes. That I mean, we're thinking all the time, all the time, 
I mean, for me, for our DNA and our marriage, I am thinking about you and I am trying to think about how you're wired. And I am thinking about, you know, how do I encourage you or how do I come alongside you, my personality and who I am. This is why I'm saying our DNA here. And so— So you're doing that anyway, but that's part of the way you're wired. So I think I am studying you. But I think to live with you in an understanding way, this is where I would go back for me as a woman to the expectation mm-hmm. part is I'm I'm trying to understand who you are and how you're wired. I'm trying to understand the, you know, context of what your life is like. Um, I mean, those are some ways I show you respect. Those are some ways I, you know, work to show you that I'm understanding you. And, you know, I, I, in 24, 25 years of counseling, I've yet to hear a woman say, um, you know, that she didn't have that deep desire that her husband understand her. Yeah. It's always part of that, just that wanting to be understood and seen and known by your husband. And so I think for you to say to study, I mean, a man will go to school and study to do his career. And do a lot of studying to be the very best at that career he can be. And, you know, you're saying do that with your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, parents, do that with your kids. Study each each of them where you know them individually for how they're wired. I mean, but, it's huge. But but let's, and just as we wrap up here and talking about marriage and just one of the ways that I love you in a deep, deep way because God has made you with a desire for this is— you know, that I do study and give thought to you and who you are and continue to to try to understand. And I think it gives meaning. I mean, I think it's part of what gives our enjoyment because mm-hmm. you do this with me and we do this with each other. And it's been something that's a part of who we are. And it's part of what's given the, it's increased our friendship and our enjoyment. Mm-hmm. We do it under God's grace. We do it because Jesus is a part of this with us and at the center of it. Um, but um, it's a good way to end just to say that it's going to be something we're going to, you know, continue to enjoy doing as the seasons change, mm-hmm. as we're experiencing changes. Um, we never stop learning mm-hmm. about each other. and. Uh, good stuff. Die trying. Die trying. <laughs> we may, may, maybe sooner than later. All right. Um, so, anything else? If not, we'll mm-hmm. wrap up this podcast, and we'll look forward to, to seeing you guys again in March. Thank you again for joining Whirly and Danina today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Whirly and Danina, we encourage you to visit redeemedheartsministries.com. Just a quick reminder that Whirly and Danina have their four-part video series entitled Effective Communication available for sale on their website. These videos are available for download or streaming through a private Vimeo link that will be sent to you upon purchase. Thank you again so much for tuning in today. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and share this episode on social media. Please feel free to reach out and contact us through the website. God bless.